When you start investing in stocks, you seek investment advice. When you seek investment advice, you go to the Internet. When you go to the Internet, you start believing all the wacky correlations spouted by armchair analysts. When you start believing those wacky correlations, you start buying and selling stocks based on butter production in Bangladesh. When you start buying and selling stocks based on butter production in Bangladesh, you offend your lactose intolerant girlfriend, who in turn moves out. When your girlfriend moves out, you can't afford rent on your own because all your money is tied up in the stock market. When you can't afford rent on your own, you become homeless and alone. Thank you. Don't become homeless and alone. Get rid of financial advice from armchair analysts and upgrade to Money Talks. This is Money Talks. I think that's based on an actual real-life scenario. Yeah, that happened. Yeah. Thought so. We definitely didn't make that up. There's a good chance. <laughs> but don't let it happen to you. Got to keep an eye on those things. That's yeah. right. All right, guys. So if you turn on finance news, and our, you know, constantly, I'm sure you're hearing it from clients, both of you guys, calling up about, you know, the next hot new IPO. Oh, how do I buy Uber? How do I buy Lyft? Whatever it may be. And it's usually our answer. You don't. Like just, you know, be <laughs> yeah. patient. Yep. Yeah, yet. Exactly. I mean, you guys remember what happened with Facebook mm-hmm. thing tanked on its IPO. Obviously, now, if you'd bought it off that dip or even at the IPO, you've done well. But you would have lost probably like 47%, I think, something like that, um, from the IPO price to the lows. Mm-hmm. Um, but one that you keep hearing about is WeWork. And if you live in near any city and you've driven through, you've likely seen a WeWork building. I mean, I know in Atlanta, I can probably name three, four, if you consider their competitors – Oh, yeah. Probably 10 mm-hmm. of these, you know, co-working spaces. Um, but be very careful when you're buying into these IPOs. We took a look at just four of them. Uh, Slack has been in the news uh, today because they had their first ever earnings report as a public company. Stock's down like 10, 12%. Um, so we wanted to look at how some of these have done since their IPO. So we chose Uber, Lyft, Slack, and Chewy. Um, Uber, IPO'd May 9th, down 27%. Lyft. Uh, IPO'd March 28th, down 35%. Slack, IPO June 19th, it's up 17%. Chewy debuted June 13th, up 53%. So it's really a mixed bag, and it, you kind of got a 50-50 shot if you're right or wrong, if you're not doing the analysis to figure it out. WeWork is one we certainly wouldn't recommend. <clears throat> excuse me, recommend investing in. If you look at the most recent round of private funding, it valued the company $47 billion, and now they're looking to go public with a valuation of $25 billion. Uh, red flag. <laughs> you think? The company has more than $900 uh, million in losses on a revenue of $1.5 billion. Not to mention within this company, there's so much shady stuff going on that I, I would never recommend someone buy. CEO Adam Newman may be the smartest CEO of the decade. Um Newman is WeWork's largest landlord. He charges his own company for rent. He offers loans to it. Uh, the company offers loans to its own CEO for an interest rate below 1%. So the guy's borrowing from the company at less than 1%. And he's repaid them all. Um, and he's sold the We brand to the company for $5.9 million. Like, is that not conflict of interest somewhere in there? Like some sort of self-dealing? Yeah, you'd think. You'd think so. But... And I mean, really, in the IPOs, the people who make the money, as we were talking about, Jarrett, are the underwriters. You know, yeah. if, if Morgan Stanley underwrites the deal and gets, you know, allotment of, I don't know, you name how many shares, 
they're using that to their benefit. It's going to go to their clients. Yeah. And well, as, know, a, as, as a, a broker dealer, they're exactly. going to sell those shares to their clients at the rip mm-hmm. and just cash out. So yeah. be wary of IPOs. It's something we've preached for a long time. You know, if you're a client of ours and you've ever asked about it, you've likely gotten it. We like to see a proven track record. That's what Most of these companies don't have earnings. Yep. The balance sheet's not strong. We like to, you know how we invest. If, if you're truly buying stock based on what you, I mean, fundamental analysis, right, what you think it's worth, how in the world can you know that when they've just become public, just opened their books to you, and there's all this hype? Of, it's going to get driven up in price. There's so much risk. One misstep. Yeah. One misstep and the stock's down mm-hmm. 25, 30%. If it's, yeah. a, if it's a good company that's going to be around long term, there will still be plenty of opportunity to buy. There's no reason to take on that risk. Yeah, I bet you mm-hmm. if you look at Amazon, we were you know against Amazon for the longest time. Um, yeah, they weren't profitable. That's kind of a, they weren't profitable. a critical but measure. But if you look, at once they turned profitable, mm-hmm. I bet you the stock's up 100%. So there's mm-hmm. still time once a company turns. Once they turn profitable, you haven't missed the boat. Oh, right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, if it, if it truly is a good company, it's going to continue to grow into the future. Yeah. Um, Just give it time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Be patient. And, 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 you know, talking about high quality, a company we owned for years and years and we sold, you know, a few years ago. We got a client, uh, or I'm sorry, a listener writing in about shares of GE, Sebastian from Douglasville. I'm still hanging on to my GE stock. Maybe I'm just too sentimental, but I just don't see GE going away. Maybe not doing the best, but not going away. But now they've been accused of fraud by the guy who busted uh, Madoff. What's your take on this? So I'm not going to sit here and tell you I dug into the GE's financials when this report came out, and I'm a forensic accounting expert and could spot something like this because I'm certainly not. But you did have some analysts come out, um, one from Deutsche Bank, one from Wolf Research, and basically squelched the the fact that, you know, it's a big – they're committing fraud. They're cooking the books. Um, so I don't have so much of a concern on that. My, my concern is how long of a turnaround story GE is. Mm-hmm. They've, got, they've got a new CE, CEO in there, Larry Culp. Um, and I like his strategy. His strategy is to go back – to the industrial conglomerate the GE traditionally was. It's shedding those non-core assets and focusing on GE, the right. industrial that it is. So um, he's selling PK uh, Air France assets. He's um, selling GE Biopharma. And the goal here is to reduce debt and simplify the business. What do we want to see? We want to see a stronger balance sheet for sure because the balance sheet is concerning right now. But if you're taking the right steps to right the ship – just be prepared, William. Or I'm sorry, Larry. That you need to you need to be able to hold on this for a number of years, because mm-hmm. this isn't a, a company as big as GE is. You don't turn this around in a year. You don't turn this around in two years. Right. It's not exactly a small ship. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Like the ten year plan here. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And look, GE is not going anywhere. I'm sure that while the financials do look uh, a bit scary at the moment, perhaps it's it's not because uh, they're in some dire straits. It's more because when you are trying to turn a ship around of that size, that's to be expected. But they've been around too long. They're too big. They're involved in too much. Uh, They're not going anywhere. They may become more, uh, let's see, focused, as you're saying, as they kind of downsize and sell off some of these businesses. But uh, to your point, Nick, that's going to take quite a while, and I just don't think that it's something worth waiting on when you do have some. There are type better companies. opportunities yeah. in the market, and it goes back to what we said about the IPOs, right? When when we do see a true path, like they're executing on this plan, mm-hmm. it's not too late to yeah. get in. It's buy, not going to just rise and then stop rising if they're truly 
writing the ship and, and the thesis holds here. Um, you know, the highlight of the report by uh, by Harry Markopoulos was the long-term care uh, reserves. And the long-term care business is absolutely troubled, but that's that's known throughout Wall Street. Mm-hmm. It's not some, you know, something that's coming out of out of the dark. It's like, oh, surprise. Yeah. Everyone knows if you're buying GE shares, you should be pretty aware of that. So, you know, this this report doesn't sway us one way or another. Are we buying the shares right now? No, they don't meet our criteria right now because of the balance sheet. Um, but, you know, if it's something you want to continue to hold, yeah. go for it. I think there's better places to put your money right now. Um, well, and Sebastian, if you own it in a taxable account, I mean, it's if it's harvest loss, some losses, yeah, take yeah. your losses. I mean, you could you could use that to your advantage from a tax perspective, and then take the proceeds and invest it in something that maybe does have more potential, but is still you're not taking that and putting it in, say, a Netflix or a, even anything tech really at this point. But yeah, uh, you know, uh, the the Procter and Gambles of the world, and and that one's a bit pricey even at the moment. But there are still plenty of other options that I think would be a better place in the meantime, while this ship does kind of get turned around and back on the right track, uh, that the money would be better served, uh, you know, being held in. Yeah. I mean, holding an industrial like that, if things do, you know, we're typically bullish on the stock market that we do have some concerns right now. And then we are very late in an economic cycle. What sectors are going to stand to be penalized the most? The cyclical cycles, Mm -hmm. industrials being one of them. Um, So, you know, I I do think GE faces an uphill battle. Yeah, most certainly. Mm -hmm. There's a lot there. If you have your own questions you want us to answer on the air, um, you know, please feel free to call our question hotline at 1-855-429-9166. Or if you'd prefer, you can email them to us. Um, email us at drgene at hensler.com, and hopefully we'll get you your question answered on the air next week. Um, but Matthew from Kennesaw Guys, he wrote in. He's asking, I've been planning to retire around 50 for a while now. In my early career, I put a lot of money into my 401k, so I've a, a pretty big balance. I have been saving to Roth and a brokerage since I decided to retire early. Is there any way I can get money out of my 401k before 59 and a half? I mean, basically yes. just answer um, that. You can get it out. That's kind of, I mean, this is one advantage of a 401k. If you retire early, you can take it out at starting at age 55 without that 10% penalty. Sure. It's, of course, it's still ordinary income, but that's one thing to consider if you retire early is if you're going to roll those assets out, to an IRA, you kind of lose that age 55 withdrawal. Sure. Uh, so separation of service. Yeah, separation. Yep. So at at at, uh, at 59 and a half, he he would be able to do that. But in, any sooner, you're looking at that 10 percent penalty. With an IRA. With an IRA. With the four no. with 401k, you can do it at 55. Okay. If you quit, retired, or or got fired. Yeah, that's just if you're taking money out now. Because obviously, if you chose to retire before 55, then you would roll it to an IRA, keep it in the tax deferred account. And gotcha. As long as no distributions are taken, there's not going to be any mm-hmm. penalties or tax implications. But uh, it is something to consider. And, and while there's you know other episodes and segments that we've done on this show about this, it's important if you do ever try and take that route that uh, you don't do so if you are heavily invested in company stock because we do come across some clients from time to time that want to do that and lose their ability to potentially uh, take advantage of the net unrealized depreciation. They call it NUA. Okay. Uh, that would that would be of huge benefit potentially. Uh, to still have that if if you're in a situation where you're looking at retiring and, and rolling out your 401k or taking advantage of that. So just something to be mindful of, again, if you're heavily invested in company stock, uh, just to keep in mind um, within your 401k. So, All right. This next question, I know, Jared, this is one you love. 
Is it from It's one of your Dallas? favorite stocks. No, this is oh. Vince from oh, Greenville, Vince South Carolina. Over here. <laughs> I used to listen when I was in Atlanta. I try to catch a podcast when I can on iTunes. Want to know if you'd approve a purchase of British American tobacco. Analysts say it's undervalued, low beta, low price to earnings, good dividend. Um, I'm not sure if you were reading something we wrote, but we, we tend to agree with you. British American tobacco is actually a, a name we're super favorable on. Um, and as you know, it's a cigarette manufacturer's brands include Pall Mall, Newport, Camel, and then within the vapor category, you have Vipe and Vice, Glow in the heated tobacco category, which is, you know, kind of the, the hot new niche market, um, com- competes with Icos from um, Philip Morris, Altria, right. um, and Kodiak and Grizzly in the traditional oral tobacco product category. Um, as I said, we grew with the analysts on this one. British American had a solid first half of the year. And despite volume declines, what you know, a lot of people focus on the fact that there's big declines in in, um, in cigarette smoking um, in the U.S. But we have so much; they, these companies have so much pricing power that they've been able to more than offset the declines in volumes. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of times that gets ignored. So you're still seeing sales growing despite a decline um, in volumes. And there's a lot more room for that. If you look mm-hmm. at cigarette pricing in the U.S. compared to international markets. I mean, you could continue to raise prices probably 5% for the foreseeable future um, annually and still oh yeah, mm-hmm. and still more than offset the, those volumes declines. And that's before you even consider growth in these new markets, if you will, yeah. uh, the vaping, uh, the heated tobacco, those sorts of things. Um, they're forecasted to grow earnings 7% annually in the next three to five years. And this stock trades at nine and a half times earnings. In this market, that <laughs> is so incredibly difficult to find. Yeah. And as is the case with most of most tobacco companies and why we own them is the dividend yields. Mm-hmm. This stock mm-hmm. yields almost 8%. And we always caution people, if you see a dividend yield that's too good to be true, you know, be, be weary of it. In this case, it's well covered. It's more than one and a half times covered. Yeah. We checked out check out that in all of our, our you know, dividend purchased yeah, uh, stocks yeah, purchased for, for their dividends. And this is held in our equity income portfolio. So you get that 8% dividend that's safe. It's hard to not find these shares attractive. Well, the thing is, I've been telling people, and not just with with British American, but some of these other more equity income related positions, very rarely are you are you able to find a company that is going to give you growth potential and pay a dividend like what they pay. As you yeah. said, it's got an eight percent yield roughly, and and so usually you're giving up one of those for the other. Whereas in this case, not only do you have uh, a, a company that's going to give you a lot of potential growth. I mean, this thing didn't trade below $50 for the previous five years, and then middle of last year it dropped down. It's at $35 Tobacco got right beaten now. up as a whole, and yeah. we saw that as a huge opportunity. I mean, right. across yeah. our portfolios, we own Altria, we own Philip Morris, mm-hmm. uh, we own British American. Well, think about it. That's the beauty of it, too. you got you got growth potential. You've got all that income. You've also got now defensiveness, which at this point looks really good because of where the markets are and what we might be facing in terms of the economic environment. So you got all those things plus the potential excess growth that they would stand to see if there is cannabis legalization across Absolutely. the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- this, and I'm not just talking about British American, even though it certainly applies to them across the board to have the defensiveness that tobacco gives you to have the income that most of them give you, to have the growth potential that they now have and, and are as attractive as, as British American is, yes, we would certainly approve a purchase uh, of that one, Vince. Yeah, and and like I said, while volumes are down, everyone's not just quitting smoking. They're shifting in some form or fashion, sure, mm-hmm. 
But Tobacco Atlas published a study that showed more than 60% of smokers intend to quit, and 42% of those have attempted to quit in the last 12 months. Yet in most markets, the smoking rate is only a very modest decline, indicating that most smokers who are attempting to quit aren't successful. It's an it's an unfortunate statistic, yeah. but the fact of the matter is it's very difficult to quit. So, And do you think they're going to do that British Americans the not economy just starts to, to suffer? To. No, they're probably, gonna, it will yeah. probably pick up. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. It's kind of re- recession-proof. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, buy it. We like it. <laughs> if you already own it, hold it um, and, and you know collect those dividend payments. It's something we'll continue to monitor. Don't set it and forget it. It shouldn't, should be the case with any investment you make. Well, especially mm-hmm. with a potential merger between Philip Morris and Altria. That's something yeah, to watch. Yeah, that's How that's it's going to affect you know this kind of company. Yeah, and so. that still doesn't change our story here in terms of its – it's attractively valued. I don't know how the stock gets gets a heck of a lot cheaper than it does right now. But dividends as a whole, investing in dividend-paying stocks right now, super attractive with yields as low as they are. Don't be surprised if these guys uh, continue to get to get bid up uh, in, in the in the near term. All right, guys, uh, how about a little planning question here? Carol from Snellville, what happens if I overfund my IRA? I made a contribution in March 2019 and intended it for 2018. It was not a full contribution. Now I'm making my 2019 contributions, and I'm getting warnings that I'm over the contribution limit. Simple answer. That's what we want. Fill out an excess contribution form, and just back it out. Now, you have to back out not only the excess, but any growth that you may have seen on that excess. Uh, But, you know, for for our clients, typically if that ever happens, which is not a common thing, uh, I would say the the easiest way we, we typically address it is just, help them fill out that excess contribution form and just back it out because there's not a whole lot of option really when it comes to that. I mean, if you've over-contributed, you've over-contributed, and it's just a matter of making it right. Uh, Typically, there's not not any kind of penalty other than just making sure that you also back out the growth. You can't excess contribute and then get a bunch of growth on that that's tax-deferred and then leave that in there while you then back out your your excess contribution. you got to take the growth back out as well, but... Yeah. You know, it's just a form. Get, just get it out before end of the year. Yeah. So. Yeah, actually yeah, that's a good point. There's there's timelines for these things. So no um, penalty, right. just make sure you fill out the form, get it taken care of sooner yeah. Now if you later. waited past December and there could be a yeah, penalty, six yeah, percent I think. Yeah, if you file um, a tax return after doing it, that that, that could be a different situation. Yeah, but so. yeah. All right, guys. Well catch it early. That about wraps up the show for us. Before we go though, up or down next week. Mm. A lot of data. It's gotta be up from this point. Going up. Man, I'll agree with you. We're going higher. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll catch you next week. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. 
This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.